Thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. This is Paul's letter to the church at Thessalonica, and basically he just wanted to check up on them. Have you ever had somebody just to call you and say, I'm just checking in? Isn't that a good feeling, you know, or just texting you and just say, I'm just, the southern thing, you were on my mind. You were, you know what, I was just thinking about you. And when you look at this particular letter, Paul is really, specifically in the scripture that we're getting ready to read, Paul is checking on this church, this infant church, and he's not just checking to see how they're doing, he's checking on their faith. So I want you to pay attention to the, fra- the words, your faith, as we read through this. Verse 1, I'm reading from a New King James. He says, therefore, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone and sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer, in the gospel of Christ to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith. That no one should be shaken by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we were appointed to this, for in fact we told you before when we were with you that we would suffer tribulation just as it happened. And you know, for this reason, when I could no longer endure it, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter had tempted you and our labor might be in vain. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and brought us good news of your faith and love, and that you always have a good remembrance of us greatly desiring to see us as we also to see you, Therefore, brethren, in all our affliction and distress, we were comforted concerning you by your faith. For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. For what thanks can we render to God for you for all the joy with which we rejoice for your sake because for your sake before our God, night and day, praying exceedingly that we may see your face and perfect what is lacking in your faith. Anytime, you know, let, let's be students of the obvious. Anytime you see a phrase over and over and over, I think that's the point. That's, isn't that brilliant? All right. So he's talking to them. He's concerned, concerned about their faith. This is a church that he was very intimate with. He um, was very concerned about. They were facing some difficulty. And he said, I wanted to do something. Uh, he said, I wanted, in fact, if you look back in chapter number two, he said, I wanted to come to you myself, but Satan hindered me. Satan hindered me, and so I, I was so concerned, I had to send Timothy to you. 
And now notice how he describes Timothy. He said he sent Timothy, he called Timothy in verse number two, a brother, a minister of God, and a fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ. In fact, in the book of uh, Philippians, he says, I've got no one else like him. That's, so he said, I'm sending you my best. Well, why are you sending? Well, here's the first thing. Because he tells them to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith. So he, he, here's the first thing. Your faith must be established and encouraged. Your faith, my faith must be established and encouraged. Now, again, you can't encourage something if you haven't established it, if you don't have it. So he says your faith must be established and encouraged. Interestingly, when you look at this word established, it means to cause someone to be strong in the sense of more firm and unchanging in their attitude or belief. So he's saying it like this. I'm concerned and I'm sending Timothy so no matter what you hear, no matter what you feel, no matter what's popular, no matter what's being said, you affirm. You're not wavering in your belief. You haven't stopped believing God. You haven't put your faith in something else, someone else. But he says, you are established in your faith. You and I need to be established in our faith. God forbid that something should knock us off where our faith begins to waver and falter. So he says here, you need to be established in your faith. But he says, I'm not only sending Timothy to establish, but also I need him to encourage you. Isn't it good to get some encouragement? I don't know about you, but I've experienced where God will send somebody at just the right time to encourage me. In fact, there are those of you sitting out here, I, I can, I'm looking at Steve. I, I get a text from him, mighty man of God, and all. And I'm saying, he, before he says anything, he's building me up and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, well, all right, I guess I am that. <laughs> you, you, you see what I'm talking about? And so what I'm getting at is this. You can be an encourager. All of us can participate in this ministry of encouragement. Don't be Don and Debbie Downer. Just keep looking straight. So, so, so you, you can encourage somebody. And listen, it doesn't take a lot of work to make sure that the people around you are encouraged. I'm not saying lie to them. What I'm saying is encourage them. Well, pastor, I just got to tell it like it is. Just, just, just back up. Roll that back and let's encourage. Find something good to say. Something good to encourage you. Somebody. All right. Amen. That one strand of hair on your head looks good. Do something. All right. Amen, amen, amen. Well, now, so here's the thing. He said, I'm sending Timothy, and Timothy's purpose is to establish and encourage your faith, encourage you in your faith. Well, why is it that Paul was doing this? Because you look at the next verse, he'll tell you that no one should be shaken by the afflictions. 
because he's saying this, some trouble is going to come your way. Trouble is, has already come to the way, the way of the Thessalonican church. He said, look, I'm writing this to you so that you are not shaken. You are not shaken by the circumstances, by the trouble, by the afflictions. You are not to the place where you stop believing. You're disturbed so emotionally that you give up on your belief. Don't throw that away. So he says, I'm sending Timothy. And the truth of the matter is, I don't care how positive you are, how well you think you're going to live, trouble is going to come your way. I know you're cute. You're the cutest thing on this side of Atlanta. But listen, trouble has your address. You said, Pastor, don't, 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 don't be negative. Don't be negative. I'm not being negative, baby. That's life. That's just life. And so Jesus said, in this life, you're going to have tribulation. Now, Jesus said it. If you got an issue... All right. So, so he says, you might as well get ready to handle it. So the way to handle it, he says, I'm encouraging you and establishing in your faith so that when the trouble comes, you won't be shaken. You won't be shaken. You won't be thrown off your game. Now, this is the thing. This is the thing. This verse, when you look at it, the, there's another part to it. He says, for you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. I don't know about you, but I had, you know, I read and I said, okay, wait a minute. What did you just say? You're telling me that I was appointed to this? What are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> you know, and so I'm like, what are, you, what are you saying? He's saying here, look, you were, this was set on your calendar. You were appointed to handle what it is you're dealing with right now. I was encouraged and blown away. What are you saying? That whatever is on your plate right now, you, with God's help, can deal with it. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You can deal with it. You can handle it. I don't care how big it is, how it presents itself. You can handle whatever is on your plate. Come on, say, I can handle it. God would not be an un, a grateful, uh, he'd be an unjust God to give you a test that he's not sent you to the classroom for. All of that you've been going through has been a classroom situation. And what you're doing now is simply taking the test. I hope you've been studying. And so you can, ha- come on, say, I can handle this. You were built for this. What are you talking about? You have to realize if you're in Jesus Christ, the greater one lives on the inside of you. And you have access to the wisdom of God at every given point in your life. Whoever calls upon you, if you just acknowledge me, I'll direct your paths. I'll direct your steps. Let the haters, the naysayers, and everybody else do what they're going to do. But come on, say, I was built for this. That's why the psalmist says, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. Ah, God is my refuge, my fortress, and my strength. In him do I trust. 
all of us should feel a little bit intimidated by what it is we're facing, but you have to understand the God that's in you, the God that you're in, is bigger. No wonder John said, greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Come on, say, you can handle this. So that leads me to the next point. I told you the first point is your faith must be established and encouraged. Here's the next thing. Your faith, listen to this, gives you the power to stand. Your faith gives you the power to stand. When you look at verse number five, he says, for this reason, when I could no longer endure it, I sent to know your faith. Lest by some means the tempter had tempted you, and our labor was in vain. Uh, 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 um, That same verse in the New Living Translation says it like this. This is why when I could bear it no longer, I sent Timothy to find out whether your faith was still strong. I was afraid that the tempter had gotten the best of you and that our work had been useless. So he was saying this, look, I know what I put in you. I know the quality of the word that I gave you. And so he's, you have to understand, I told you Paul was intimate with this church. I want you to, I have a Bible so I can just look at it, but jot this down. Chapter 2 and verse number 7, he begins to talk about himself as a nursing mother cherishes his own children. That's how he was gentle among them. So not only did he describe himself as a nursing mother in chapter 2 verse 7, but in chapter 2 verse 11, he says, I charged every one of you as a father. So these are descriptive terms, and he's saying, I parented you. And so, meaning I had such an intimate relationship with you, I was father and I was mother. That's the way I dealt with you. But wait a minute, wait a minute. When you back up to verse number eight, he said, I not only imparted to you the gospel of God, but I gave you my life. And I know what I put in you, and what I put in you can stand the test. So your faith gives you the power to stand. So he said this. He says, look, I was concerned about your faith. I wanted to know the condition of your faith. But then he says, verse 6, now that Timothy has come back to us from you and brought us good news of your faith and love that always uh, have good remembrance of us, greatly desiring to see us as we also you. Then verse 7, he says, Therefore, brethren, in all our affliction and distress, we were comforted. I was concerned, but now I'm at a place I'm comforted by your faith. Hear, Hear what I'm saying. Sometimes as you walk by faith, you can encourage others. As you do what you need to do. In fact, look, I'm going to give you a little cheat sheet. Look at verse number 8. Verse number eight says this, for now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. We live, Paul speaking of himself, if you stand. We live if you stand. Let let, let me go a little further. The New Living Translation of 1 Thessalonians 3 and 8 says, it gives us new life to know that you are standing firm in the Lord. 
It gives us new life to know that you are standing firm in the Lord. The message translation says it like this. Knowing that your faith is alive keeps us alive. That's the message. Knowing that your faith is alive keeps us alive. What what are you saying? When people see you dealing with difficulty and not caving in, dealing with difficulty by the power of God, not like everybody else around you, not, you, you don't want to, you won't be, be the one you carry. Here you are, got a big family Bible walking into work, and, and you got Jesus bumper stickers all over your car. And then, you know, they ask you how you doing. I'm, you, you normally say, I'm blessed and highly favored and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, you're going through all your, your religious uh, rituals there. And then some, something happened, and they go, what you going to do? Oh, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm so worried. I'm so down now. Uh, you know, What happened to all that faith? See what I'm talking about? So he says, look, look, look. (laughs) You were built to stand. Your faith can give you the power. Wait a minute. Your real genuine faith in God can, uh uh-huh. I'm not talking about a facade of faith. I'm not talking about a fake faith. I'm talking about a real genuine relationship with God through Jesus can give you the power to stand. It'll give you the ability, no matter what's going on, no matter what you feel, see, think, it will give you the ability to stand in the face of difficulty. And I'm not talking about where you're just, where you're scared. It's a a knowing on the inside. I'm going to be all right. Anybody ever had that happen? You just knew, you couldn't explain it. It was, it, it was bad. But you just, I know I'm going to be all right. I don't like what's going on with me, but I'm going to be all right. (laughs) I don't like what they said. I don't like how it went down, but I'm going to be all right. I I don't care. Let me tell you, I'm going to be all right. In fact, if you keep messing with me, I'm going to tell you just how all right I'm going to be. And this very thing that that's not working now, it's going to turn around and work together for my good because I love God now and I'm the call according to his purpose. These light momentary afflictions are working far, far better. Oh, there's going to be glory after this. You better recognize who you're talking to, child. You keep on pushing me. Ah, miracle might jump on you somewhere. Because that's the God that I serve. You keep messing with me. You keep trying to downplay me and y'all have your job. Oh, you better watch out. You better watch. You don't know who you're messing with. You know I'm God's favorite, don't you? Oh, now. I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. In fact, hold on. I believe that I'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Don't get me to singing McCabe songs. That's David's song while he was in the cave. 
Are you understanding what I'm saying? So I'm not talking about something where you're making something up. It's because of that genuine, ongoing walk with God where you have a fortified faith. You know that God's coming through. A faith that's not been tested cannot be trusted. And your faith can stand the test. Your faith can stand the test. And I know if we get past the mic today, there are testimonies after testimonies after testimonies as to what God has already done. Amen. All right, all right. Trying to be good. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I start throwing me a Thanksgiving party. Good God, I thank you. 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 I thank you, Lord. You've been good to me. Uh, you, you know what I'm talking about? And so when that issue, the tests, the trials, all those things come, there has to be a power. Your faith is the thing that's going to give you the power to stand. That's when you need to talk all the more. And I'm not talking about blues. I'm talking about faith. All right? Now, 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 now. There are times um, when we get to this place and we say our faith is standing. And now we are standing. But Paul, as a father and a mother, knew this church. He said, I know what you're going through, so I need to do something. When you look at this, he says, for what thanks can we render to God for you? I'm in verse number nine. For all the joy with which we rejoice for your sake because uh, before, our, before our God, night and day, praying exceedingly that we might see you face to face, listen to this, and perfect what is lacking in your faith. Wait a minute. He says, I want to perfect what is lacking in your faith. Let me go ahead and give you the point. The point is this. Your faith must mature. Your faith must be matured. Listen, that same verse, verse number 10 in the New International Version says, Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Do you see that? Look at it in the New Living Translation, the same verse. The same verse says, night and day we pray earnestly for you, asking God to let us see you again to fill in the gaps in your faith. The the New King James says, I want to perfect that which concerns your faith. The New International Version says, I want to supply what is lacking in your faith. And here in the New Living Translation, he says, I want to fill in the gaps. So that means there are things in our faith that that must be filled in. Nobody is, they come to Christ and their faith is full grown. Your, my faith grows, all right? And it should continually grow. Well, pastor, I've been in the faith a long time now. 
I know. Chronology does not equal growth. You just hold. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And there are some people, they haven't, well, you know, I remember back in 19 whenever. Come on now. Have you, have you, have you grown any in faith? And he says, I want to supply what is lacking. I want to add to you. I I want to do something because I know you're going to face some real tests and you need a real faith. Now, here's the thing. What happens is this in church. I'm getting ready to get personal now. We would rather appear to be mature among people then be honest and say, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have, I don't, is there any place in the church that we can be honest and say, I don't understand that. I don't get that. And then somebody can come along and supply what's lacking in your faith. Let me, let me take it to another arena. Uh-uh, we've got educators in this room. Imagine, here you are trying to use the subject of math, and now we want to start out with calculus. <laughs> Trigonometry. <laughs> Algebra. Why don't we start with numbers? <laughs> Let's start there. Because what we, you know, let's start with addition and subtraction. Let's start with multiplication and division. Before you get to algebra, your X equals the number, and you're sitting there going, they're talking about X is this, and you're going, the walls are pretty, aren't they? You don't get it. You don't get it. And that's okay. But we... We say, I don't understand. We'll raise our hand in the classroom. I'm not saying raise your hand during the sermon, but, but you can't talk to somebody. Are you getting what I'm saying? Where we, we can say, okay, there are gaps in our learning. But now listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. If, I'm the, if I were the devil, and I'm not, <laughs> what I would do is this. I would make sure I do everything possible to keep you from coming to a place where you could learn. So I would, ooh, I would make Sunday sleep so good. I would try to shut the birds up. Every nothing around you would make noise. I'm talking about you would be at Bedside Baptist and First Pillow Presbyterian. Ministering. You would have a ministry engagement with your bed if I were the devil. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? Another one, no, 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 you know, hear, hear me, hear me, hear me. Uh, another thing is this. If you finally fought through it and God healed him, tell you, if, if I were the devil, this is what I do. I make it sure, I make sure when you got here, that would be Friction in relationships. I'd make you say, uh-huh, all them Christians, they the same way. Everybody a hypocrite. Nobody likes me. They ain't even speak to me when I walked in. I can't believe it. I'm going to leave this church. 
if I were the devil, I'd have ever, I'd have you thinking, mm, see, she looking at you funny right now. Nobody love you over there. Oh, we're going to expose his tricks today. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, he knows, he knows that when you get in a small group, when you come to the house of the Lord, when you get in the company of believers, your faith has the ability to be added to, meaning the gaps can be filled in and you don't have to pretend, oh, yes, yes, yes. You Mr. Mr. Spiritual Deep. Yes, yes. Yes, turn to the book of um, Hezekiah. There is no Hezekiah, for those of you who didn't know. There's no book of Hezekiah. It just sounds spiritual. He's a guy in the Bible, but he doesn't have a book. Are you understanding it? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Paul told them, okay, I need to supply what's lacking in your faith, but there's a specific way I need to do it. How do you need to do it? He said, "Uh uh-oh, this goes against, uh uh-oh, uh-oh, I need to see your face. This cannot happen digitally. Thank God. I, you know, we're streaming right now. And, and, you, and I, I pray you get everything. You see me smiling at you. You know I love you, don't you? But I want you to hear this. Digital, digital experiences cannot take the place of face-to-face. Why are you saying that? When you look in chapter number 2, He said, not only, if you want to jot it down, I read it to you before, verse number eight, I was well, I I, I so longingly, so affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives. See, this happens face to face. I need to see you. I need to experience. You need, there's something about human interaction. There is something about, I, I, you know, I'm a techie. I love technology, appreciate technology, think we should have the latest, the greatest, the fastest, the best. I have a need for speed. <laughs> My name is Bill, all right? But I need you to understand. I need you to understand this. As much as I appreciate it, it cannot take this, the place of getting together with people because that's where it, the exchange happens. That's when I get to not only hear what you say, but feel what you feel. That's when I get to hear your story. I, I, I begin to hear the story behind the words. You know what I'm saying? There's something called discernment where you can sit there and you go, I, I hear so much more than what you're saying. So much so that what you're saying is affecting me and it's causing me to have a compassion for you that I don't normally have. And it has to be the work of the Spirit of God because now I see I need to supply that for you because that's lacking in you. Come here, let me talk to you about integrity. 
Come here, let me talk to you about being honest. Let me, let, come, let me, what's lacking in your faith? Let, let, me, let me talk to you about a devotional life. Let me talk to you about real prayer. Let me talk to you about being honest with God. Let me talk to you about developing and cultivating a relationship with the living God. Let me tell you how much God loves you. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And he says, so what I wanted to do, I wanted to get to a place because your faith must mature. And if your faith is going to mature, it has to be a face-to-face kind of situation. It has to be. Not that you can't get anything online, nothing like that. I'm not against that at all. But it has to be this interaction. Let me give an example. Talking about uh, gaps in your faith. Years ago... um, when I was a boy, I um, had the privilege and the drudgery of working with my father pouring concrete. It was a privilege in that I worked with my father, got the chance to be with him. It was a drudgery in that we were pouring concrete. And I was the youngest of all of my brothers, and I'm the least skilled. I was the least skilled. So this is before they had the concrete trucks and all of that. And so when they, you know, they, concrete trucks that would pump pumps. I mean, they had concrete trucks, but they were talking about the ones that would pump the concrete up the hill. Before that, there was something called a wheelbarrow. <laughs> they would put concrete in it, Stephen. And my daddy would say, come on, boy. And I'd bring, you know, up the hill. And my job was to dump concrete. And they, they would get to hollering, come on, keep it coming, keep it coming. My legs are shaking <laughs> from the weight of that concrete. So after they got the concrete down on the ground and kind of measured it out, there would be something that's called a float. And the purpose of that float is to get the bubbles out. And they would keep rubbing and rubbing and rubbing. And the next thing you know, where the, and the, to the bubbles would come out. If you don't do it, what would happen? The concrete would harden and somebody would step there and it would be a hole. Concrete is made up of c- cement, sand, rocks, and water. The ingredients by themselves don't make concrete. It's just cement, sand, rocks, and water. But you got to mix it together. And what God does in your faith, he began to cause stuff to be mixed together because he that wants your faith hollow so that there are cracks in your foundation, cracks in your faith. So he'll send somebody along with a little sand. He'll send somebody along with a little rocks. He'll send somebody along with a little water, with a little concrete to strengthen what's going on with you. You may not understand why they're dumping on you. Oh, but when they dump on you, you got to recognize this is just trying to strengthen my foundation. You may not recognize why they're doing what they're doing, but they're dumping on you for your good. They're dumping on you to add something to you, to bring a new strength to your life. 
Oh, do what you may, do what you may, do what you may. But it's all going to work together for my good and for his glory. See, he's gotten on the organ. I'm going to say, say yes. All right, y'all stop, stop, stop. Uh-huh. Come on, give him a big old praise. So we want to thank you today for coming to New Covenant Christian Ministries for your faith checkup. And your faith checkup today, you just need to go and work with these three simple questions. One, um, is your faith being strengthened and encouraged? Establish and encourage. Establish and encourage. Just these are, just, just, so you can jot these down. Just, the, the, the next thing is this, is your faith able to stand? in the midst of difficulty. And the next thing, just the final question of your checkup, are you maturing in your faith? Is your faith maturing? When you look at that, you'll be able to say, okay, but thanks for checking in on me. I see that I'm growing. Amen. 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 We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.